It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, February 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's wondering what the Flyers are going to do against Connor McDavid and the rest of the Oilers tonight. Oh, they're going to destroy Connor McDavid. Come on. Let's hope so. We're going to talk about the Oilers, and we're going to get into the development of Flyers prospect Zade Wisdom all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at Armiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Flyers. That is where you'll keep track of our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at Locked on Flyers at Gmail. And we have a mailbag almost every week. So you can send in your questions and we'll get them answered on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening right now. Subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, it is going to be a tall order tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, The Flyers apparently had a very difficult practice uh, yesterday leading up to this one, and and I should say so. It looks like things are, are keeping on as they were in terms of the lines. So... You know, I suppose some consistency is a good thing. And, you know, once again, Sealer's back in and Justin Braun will be the extra. And that's, you know, what it's been for the last little bit. Last hundred years, yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things about the Edmonton Oilers this season uh, heading into, you know, tonight's matchup is the big weakness for the Oilers has been on the defensive side of things. And I think that's what's improved for them the most coming into this season, that they finally have a top four that are good enough to sustain them, you know, along with the offensive firepower that they have. Now they have a defense that's slightly better to match up with that. But they are looking to get even better going into the playoffs. And, you know, the trade deadline rumors are out there in that the Oilers and Kings, who are very near each other in the standings right now in the Pacific Division, might be battling for the same free agent defenseman. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, the Oilers right now, you know, Donald Nurse used to be like their only mm-hmm. really high-end defenseman. But Evan Bouchard had a great year last year. I think he's starting to rebound. Uh, again, this year he's still young, but he's big and fast and mobile, and and can be physical too. Uh, they, yeah, their defense is much better. Uh, all they have to really do is move the puck a little bit. They've got forwards that could take the puck up the ice, but they also were pretty banged up. Like I did a show with Kevin Allen, who spoke to Ken Holland, and Holland said while everybody was writing that 
you know, they're off to this horrible start and the goaltending stinks. They felt like it was more injuries. And I, I do kind of see their side because, yeah. you know, they were without Yamamoto and about three or four other players, a couple defensemen for a while. And, and now they've, they're getting them back. And Jack Campbell, who didn't start off great, uh, is eight and one in his last nine. Yep. If you look at his games, uh, he, he was pulled once, but it's all two and three goal games and one goal, like one, one goal game. So he, he's back to sort of being that reliable goalie. He's six, his record 16 and eight now. Uh, so I'm not sure Stuart Skinner is the main guy anymore, but they still may play Skinner against the uh, Flyers because, you know, the Islanders played Varlamov. It wouldn't shock me if that's the way Edmonton does it. And it's not a day off. Skinner's good. Yeah, So exactly. Either way, either way, you're getting a good goalie. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the thing in this game is McDavid's going to get a goal. If he gets two or three, then you're in trouble. Uh, they have more lines than that, obviously. Nugent Hopkins is having a quietly very good year. Oh, yes. Very dangerous. And so he can get you, obviously. Uh, we know the other guys that can get you. But it's also now they're just a team that's rolling. And, you know, they when they're rolling, they're hard to beat. And so the, Island, the Islanders fed, as John Tortorella said, the first period to the Flyers last game. If they start out that same way, it's, the first period is going to be fed to them again. Like it just is. They're going to be chasing the play. They're going to be uh, late in transition, late setting up. They may never be able to get set up fully by the time Carter Hart's under siege. I'm sure Hart will try and elevate the game because it because he's playing against you know a team that he used to grow up watching, and I'm sure that that's a big deal for him. But in the end, uh, this is a very tall order for the Flyers, and I don't like that they've left everything the same. I you know. I don't think that Islander game was good enough to leave everything the same. So I kind of question the coaching staff on this. Yeah, I think this is a game where they should adjust mid-game if it's not yeah. working. It's not something they've done well very often is making adjustments. But I, I think this is a case where if things start to go south very quickly, they need to make those adjustments, uh, especially because the Oilers have been on such a good run recently. They're not going to back down. Um, their last game, they won uh, five to two against Detroit. They're eight one and one in their last ten, and they're in that top wild card spot right now. I can't believe we're at the part of the season where we start talking about division standings from wild card perspectives. Time flies, right? But uh, I, I think that's kind of where we are now, post All Star break. That that's where we have to consider teams and you know in that pacific there's only six points separating first and fifth place in the division and so i think th this is a situation for the oilers where every point counts and so they're not yes. going to back off against a team like the flyers at all even no. even if you would think it's an easy game for them this is every point is so important to them right now that it is a big deal for the oilers to win this game in, in big games like this, a lot of times before the game, we'll point out jerseys and we'll see if there's going to be any kind of Zach Hyman Hebrew jerseys out there. I bet you there will be. I own one. Um, I know. And I bet you there will be. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for those in the crowd. But Hyman's having a great year. Like, oh, yeah. He's whatever you thought he was capable of in Toronto. He's doing more here. And I think he knew that. Um, 
that just playing with McDavid, like there's no slights Austin Matthews, but it's better to play with McDavid. Like it just is. Um, yeah, but even, so that's, you know, that's, he's been on the second line with Dreisaitl, um, and now Evander Kane, since he's been, he's been back. Um, and, okay. and that's done well for him as well, but he's, yeah. he's got 60 points. And yeah, it's a lot. It, it's a lot of points, but it's a great line. Yeah. I mean, with Kane back and him back, yeah. uh, yeah, that's a that's a big deal, and and the fact that yeah, that's their second line. That's a good mm-hmm. um, second line to watch out for. Uh, they're all on the same power play, obviously, so that's something else to watch out for. Uh, yeah, the fact that their penalty kill is not great, twenty first. I don't know. That probably matches up like good enough to cover the Flyers' power play, which is I don't even know what it's ranked today. Um, right. So they probably still get a slight edge there, you know. Yeah. But, but they do have the top power play in the league. They're at 31.8%. Yeah. That is incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. So that's – you really can't have these bad penalties. Um, Kevin Hayes, we're looking at you. Travis Connecty, you can't get more frustrated than you are now and take some penalties. Uh, be careful what you do here. Um, and, you know, the fact that you have in the notes they only have one shootout win, that's interesting. Uh I find that interesting and the fact that, yeah, the Flyers are in the same boat. I don't think they want the game to get to the shootout, obviously. I don't think the Flyers can cover them three on three. So I think the Flyers really have to have um, a pretty, at least a two-goal lead in this game to be able to win. They're going to have to get Edmonton on an off night, and they're really going to have to strike first. They're really going to have to. So let's see how motivated they are to do that. Let's see what line starts out. You know, let's see those things because, you know, Edmonton killed Detroit yesterday, yep. two days ago now. So, they and did. Detroit's pretty much on the same level as the Flyers. You could say the Flyers are better goaltending. You could say uh, there's a few things that you like about their team, but they're about the same level. And, you know, they got steamrolled. So we'll see. This is a game where, again, um, this is where we'll see where John Tortorella is coaching and the player commitment is at. And these things will play heavy into the trading deadline. They will. Yeah. And we're going to get more into this matchup coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're so excited about having them as our new sports betting partner for Locked On. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win and who will score a touchdown. And hopefully that will be the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. So uh, fingers crossed and making those bets for the Eagles in this one. All on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get pager winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
All right, Russ. So more about this matchup versus Edmonton tonight. I think, you know, the other thing about them is it's obvious that they have all of those offensive firepower guys, you know, with McDavid being enemy number one, I guess, in this situation. But he is so impressive to watch. But they also, I think, as a whole, have gotten better offensively, like up and down their lineup where they take a lot more shots overall than they had been before. They're well above 50% on face-offs. So that's going to be a problem for the Flyers, I think, as well. And, you know, earlier in the show, I was talking about, you know, them and the LA Kings were kind of battling it out uh, right next to each other in the standings. And, um, you look at the Kings and they're in a negative goal differential and the Oilers are plus 28. So it's not just that they're taking the shots, but they're going in. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, that's a big deal. The, the shooting percentages are high on this team. The, um, the amount of defending that you're going to have to do can be exhausting. You know, we didn't even talk about having Tyson Barry as, you know, the power play quarterback. He's really oh. good. Nurse can score as, of course. as well. I mean, those are things. I like Ryan McLeod, who plays a pretty heavy game. Clem Costin, if you're going to fight, he's going to be the guy that might be fighting, and he's a boxer. Like, he has nine goals. He's been he's a pretty good player in the crease, but he also boxes. So good luck to even, you know, Nick Delorier if he wants to fight him. I probably would stay away, but Nick won't. Um, uh, getting Yamamoto back is a big deal because that really does help fuel them. In their top nine. Paul Yarvey's just an enigma. Who knows? Uh, I like Dylan Holloway a lot. Uh, I do think he could be effective on shifts for sure. He's a young player and he was really good in college, but then had an injury. So, you know, this year was the overcome the injury year, which he's done a pretty good job of. And right now at 21, if he plays in this game, hey, he could be uh, another guy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I just worry again about the the Flyers' ability to adjust because you look at that lineup and even like we haven't really talked a ton about Nuge either, and right. the fact that the the Oilers are so strong down the middle that it's going to be really hard for the Flyers to have easy zone entries. Right, that getting out of the defensive zone and getting into the offensive zone is going to be a battle. Just, it's a key. Yeah. And that's just going to be the crux of this game. And I just wonder, you know, talking about adjustments and, you know, who's playing up the center. I mean, obviously I'm actually kind of glad Lawton is playing center right now because I think he would do a better mm-hmm. job of it than Kevin Hayes would right now. So there is that, um, but I assume that the fourth line is going to wind up getting more ice time than they normally would. I mean, it could turn out that way. I I still think that's a mistake, too, but I think right. you could be right. This is a game where Konechny Hayes, they've got to really shine. They've got to pull the team. They've got to make other players better. I mean, it would be nice to say big game for Joel Farabee, you know, let's go. He's playing a little better lately, but still kind of an enigma this year. Uh, so it's a tough one. This is a tough one, and this is going to be about matchups, and you have the home ice, 
and you have to make the most of your matchups. That's the big thing with the long change and everything else. Got to make sure you've got the right everything out there. You got to make sure you're firing on all cylinders. If you have any two men, too many men on you know, on the ice penalties, it's not going to look good. It'll be a bad look for this game. Yeah, that's the other big thing too. Is obviously with the Oilers having the number one power play in the league, it is imperative that the only penalties you take are completely unavoidable. <laughs> like, right? You you cannot get heated and get into it for no good reason. Got to be careful about those delay of game penalties, like all of that, too many men, all of that, no silly mistake penalties. And that is something that I also worry about in this game. It's going to be a battle. Like that will be a battle inside the battle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I do worry about it. And, uh, you know, again, you always have a puncher's chance. And so we'll see ultimately how it works out. but. You know, this is a, a lopsided matchup, and you just you almost are hoping that the Oilers are going to have an off night so the Flyers have a chance. Like right now, that's the way, you know, the pregame looks. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I am certainly going to keep my fingers crossed that they know how to adjust in this game and they can manage to keep Connor McDavid somewhat contained, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was on another show and. You know, I was being told that, hey, you know, uh, McDavid was sort of contained against Colorado and whatever. And I was like, eh, nobody really contains him. I mean, and you looked at, I looked at his last year's numbers and maybe they were less against Colorado, but he had 33 points in 16 playoff games. Like, you really don't contain him. He's got 93 points. If he got his 100th point in this game, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for tonight's game. I certainly hope we are pleasantly surprised by the outcome. And, you know, this is a chance for the guys to step up. So let's see. Let's see who steps up in this circumstance, especially after losing that game to the Islanders. Like they're not going to want to get into streaks where they're losing multiple games in a row at this point. And and surprising the Oilers would be a good start. No question about it. It would get some headlines. All right. We are going to switch gears and give a little update on Zade Wisdom, who's had a bit of a rough go of it as of late. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to buy a Built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, have I got just the thing for you. You got to buy, you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in inevitably in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them all at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam Club's, Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, so 
getting into the latest on Zaid Wisdom. Uh, as we recall, he was a fourth round pick in 2020 and had a weird route right now to the uh, pro game where because of COVID and the OHL shutting down, he had a season with the Phantoms that went really well, but the league was very different that year because of, you know, players missing yeah. and OHL players coming. Goaltending. Goaltending. Yeah, goaltending was Yeah, bad. so it, it's hard to use that season as an indicator for anything, really. And, you know, Tyson Forster was on that team as well and, and did very well, but he wound up going back you know, the same way that Zade Wisdom did. Yeah. Now, Zade Wisdom wound up having a shoulder injury and had surgery. And so when he came back, they sent him back to Kingston and he did pretty well there. It took him a while, like, to get back into it coming off the injury, but he wound up with 38 points in 43 games played for the season and then made the transition back to the pro game this year. And it's it's been a rough go of it. Uh, he's played 29 games for Lehigh Valley, one goal, seven assists. So the production has not been there for him, and so much so, and he's been struggling so much that they actually sent him down to Reading for a few games. He played three games down there and had two assists in those games played. Um, but it just really came down to it that, like we've been talking about on our Phantoms Tuesday. The last several weeks, the Phantoms have had an overabundance of players. There aren't, you know, many limits on the number of contracts. And so it's a battle for playing time. And Wisdom just hasn't stepped up to the level where he's been, you know, iced in all of these games. So he's only played um, three games since January 18th and didn't play for the Phantoms at all between December 30th and January 18th. And the only reason why he got back in the lineup last Saturday is because Isaac Radcliffe had a real boneheaded play in the previous game. And so they benched him um, for a game and, and put Zade wisdom in, but he didn't really stand out in that game either. So th there's a huge question here as to what's going on with his development. All right. So first we'll go by the numbers. Um, Thanks to the folks at Instat, we have more numbers than what the AHL will allow us to see. Uh, first thing is, like, puck battles, 46%. Not terrible. Could be a little better. Time on the ice is suffering. They're only giving them 11 minutes and 16 seconds on average. Like, I don't care who's on this team. I don't care if it's Garrett Wilson. I don't care if it's Hayden Hodgson. I can name three or four other veterans. This guy has to get ice time. If you're not going to give him enough ice time, if you're not giving him 15 minutes a game, you're doing it wrong. It's just really that simple. I know sometimes players have to earn things. I get it. But he is also a prospect you're hoping to get uh, playing an NHL-level game in a few years. And and right now, he's not on pace to do that. Uh, power play, he's averaging 32 seconds. Like, what's he what's he honestly going to do with that, right? But he, that's what he's getting. Um, he's drawing penalties still, which is good because he is actually a pretty good cycler of the puck when he can have line mates that help him get the puck. Um, he doesn't take too many penalties. He has like 12 penalty minutes. That's not bad. So I don't think that's his issue. Watching that last game, um, and that's what I watched, a lot of his yeah. shifts, here were the problems. They were matched up against the McMichael line, mm -hmm. which I think has like Snively and somebody yeah, it's else. it's a very good and line. <laughs> great line for them 
and they barely had puck possession, barely. So he had Hodgson on his line, and at times, you know, Jackson Cates, mm-hmm. and but also the bottom. I think what is the bottom pairing for Lehigh because I don't watch every Lehigh game with um, Karashik and and Connaughton, right? So you don't have the the really mobile offensive defenseman with there and with them, and now you're having them sort of, I guess, against what you would say the second best line for Hershey. That's not a a great recipe to have Zade Wisdom shine. It really isn't. And so that watching him, point. he was playing, he was playing good defense. He was hustling. He played good in the corners, but the team could not get any offensive possession going. None. They got very little movement from the blue line. None. And so it does matter where he plays and who he is playing with. If you want him to do something, you know, like Jackson Cates will get you some offense in the AHL. Sure. And Hayden Hodgson will get stuff around the, uh, you know, the goal area too. But the thing is, Wisdom is a kind of guy that he will generally be the guy that goes in the corners to get the pucks and sometimes will score around the net. But really, Cates doesn't really go and get the pucks. He's around the net, yes. And Hodgson does go to get him, but a lot of time he's in the crease. So it's kind of like, who's the other guy here to really help out Zade Wisdom? I mean, it's been Jordy Bellarive, right? But you only get... Yeah, and Bellarive did play yeah, with him. Yeah, you only get so much out of Bellarive, right? He's solid AHL, right. but... He was out there with him yeah. a bit too. And I'm just saying, you know, if you want him to do better, you could give him the more complimentary players that would help him. And and I think he needs that. Because again, right now, you're giving him limited ice time with some limited players who sometimes do well for you, sometimes don't, and the least of the defensive pairs. Like, I don't, I don't see how that's a recipe to help him develop, to be honest. I'm not saying I'm not giving him a pass on the whole season. I understand. Um, I also don't think sending him down to writing was any good for him. But again, if they weren't willing to play him, that's part of the problem here, Rachel, that I've been talking about of having too many of these guys last year, they didn't have enough. And now this year they have too many. And, and that's part of the, part of it's the Tortorella factor because they're looking to load up on guys who are tough and guys who um, play the way that he likes them to play and everything else. And Wisdom could actually be one of those guys. That's the crazy part about it. Yeah, I I do think he could be. And I think that's a fair point about who's he playing with. And I do think that um, the injury to Elliot Denoyer was a a real disadvantage at this very moment because it bumped guys up that maybe would have been better complimentary players to wisdom for this particular game. Uh, You know, and it just happened to be the misfortune of timing on that particular issue. But, you know, I I do think that he is a guy that at this point in the season, you do need to allow him to put his best foot forward, that he is somebody that has a lot more potential than some of these other guys. And, and I would say that even at this point in the season, looking at, you know, the struggles that he's had versus what Isaac Ratcliffe has had, that, and that's a whole other topic, but I would say that Zade Wisdom it is. overall to me, based on what his play has been, has more of the potential at this point. At this moment in time, yeah. that's true. No question about it. And yeah, and that's why don't send him to Reading. I mean, at this point... 
if you don't have much hope for Radcliffe, then you know send him to Reading or or trade him to another team, do the right thing for him, whatever. Um, that's a whole other subject for another yes. day. Though. We'll get to Radcliffe. Yes, at some point. we will. But yeah, so I, I do think you're right that the main part of the solution is to get him more ice time with the right lines uh with the right combination of players and let's see what he can do against slightly weaker competition which is a great thing Mm -hmm. coming up you know they're playing hartford they're playing bridgeport this weekend let's get wisdom some ice time in these two games yeah get him 15 minutes in those games Mm -hmm. put him put him with some guys to help him succeed let's yeah he's he's got to start getting in a groove if he gets in a groove he's a really good player he's never going to be a top six guy but he can be a bottom six NHLer, but we got to, you know, help yeah. him out. All right. Well, we will check back in on Zade Wisdom on Phantoms Tuesday next week to see if he played and how he did. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we will break down whatever happens in tonight's matchup with the Oilers and we'll preview the weekend matchups against the Preds and the Kraken, which is going to be a difficult sequence of games for the Flyers as well. So lots to cover coming up in the next little bit. And if you have questions for us or particular players you're interested in us focusing in on, uh, let us know. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. Have a great day, everyone.